Well, there's plenty to discuss, and welcome back to the Burnout Sports Racing Show. We've got IndyCar, we've got NASCAR, we've got uh, what used to be Indy Lights having a new name and a rebrand that I think all of us are confused about, to be totally honest. We're going to talk about that and more with Eric Smith at Eric underscore race review. You can check out all of his work on covers and race review online.net. Big weekend for NASCAR coming up. Uh, but Eric, we get this announcement today at 10 a.m. that the Indy Light Series, which I think is a great name. Uh, they went back to it, what, probably 10, 12 years ago instead of the Infinity Pro Series. I understand maybe a rebranding with Firestone, um, but is this Indy Next? Is this Indy NXT, which sounds very familiar to the WWE wrestling fans that are out there? Um, first and foremost, are we sure how to even pronounce this yet? <laughs> Not yet. I, I'm actually... Uh, I, I'm reading the email, and it does not kind of have a pronunciation pronunciation of how we're supposed to say this. So I am not sure. It's next makes sense NXT, but also just NXT also would make sense too because that's what it says. So I, I don't know. It, it's it is kind of I get like you said the Firestone. I get it because they're going to Firestone tires. Like great, you got a sponsor. But I just don't get the rebranding of Indy Lights. Um, I don't get the rebranding of any, even the, uh, the Indy Pro 2000, the USF 2000. It just, yeah. Yeah. to me, it makes sense how it was for people to know it's like the feeder series. And I just feel like we're really separating. Um, I, I like as far as the car counts going up in the series. I don't like how the purse is being distributed. What's um, kind of screwing the drivers. But I just feel like we're making all the wrong changes almost is what it seems for the series. And it just doesn't, it's kind of head scratching to, to why, because for the common fan, because let's be honest, the, the formerly known Indy lights is not, they're only on Peacock. Unless you're a diehard Indy car fan, you probably don't know it exists. Um, I just feel like this kind of further takes them down the wrong path to kind of streamlining these two series together. And now it just, I get it. They're probably trying to cater to a younger crowd, but does a younger crowd really know what Indy Lights even is to begin with? Um, I feel like that should be the first focus for them. Yeah, and, and does that younger crowd even have a, a subscription to Peacock? Um, you know, my, my my thing on this entire Indy Lights to Indy NXT to Indy Next, whatever it is, look, as you mentioned, it's already confusing what the ladder systems are. If you really want to make a change for the better, dumb it down and just say, Triple A, double A, and single A, and yeah. call it a day because it's already confusing for us who work in it, um, and for fans. Oh, this is USF. What two thousand? This is pro. Are these are these guys going to lot? You know, it's already confusing on, you know, what ladder series represents what and what level that you're on. Secondly, if you're going to promote yourself as next, which I'm assuming means the next generation of IndyCar talent, as your triple a feeder right below indycar you better make sure that your champion is in the series the following season and i know this is a rebrand for 2023 and it's probably separate uh, with firestone coming on in 2023 than what we see in 2022 but you know it seemed like there was a lot of drivers that i talked to at the road to indy tests and the indy lights test a few weeks ago at the indianapolis motor speedway that said yeah, a five hundred thousand dollars for the championship is a, is is a little frustrating. It's a, it's a little concerning because you look at Linus Lundqvist, who did everything in his power, won races, won the championship, 
was told back in May he was going to receive $1.2 million. So when he was talking to teams in May, he said, this is the money I'm going to have, presumably that I make the championship and I win the championship, which he was well far ahead already when they got to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in May. Um, but look, if you're going to brand yourself as next, you better make sure that your champion is moving on to IndyCar uh, for at least the foreseeable future because, Eric, as you know, you can go down a line. Spencer Piggott, Oliver Askews, that all these guys, all these drivers – that run lights and even win championships and races. I mean, I would make a I would make a point to say that probably eight out of every ten lights drivers that move up to IndyCar aren't there for long. And look, it's usually because they don't have a lot of money and they go to a team that's a backmarker team that doesn't have the resources. But Eric, I think first and foremost, above confusing rebrands or whatever you want to do, you better make sure that your lights champion is in IndyCar the following season for at least three races and one test. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to not to because you're – and I get the, the the drivers not wanting to go back down once you made it because some people are like, well, if you don't have a ride, why would you not just go back to lights? But that could also be, in a way, pure suicide because what if you don't get hooked up with the right team, you have bad luck, situations happen, you don't win the championship, and now you're like, well, you can't even beat these kids. Why would you get an IndyCar seat? So, yep. And that's the problem that these drivers have had, and as you said, I – we keep boasting all of these out of the 33 starters, 20 of them or 25 of them are a graduate of the road to Indy. But the problem is they got in the right situation. How many, how many of these drivers recently were in the road to Indy that are not, because all these guys are former graduates. They've been in the series for a while and mm-hmm. we're just throwing them in that. But I mean, you just, like you said, you, you, we at recent years, unless these drivers win a championship, it's really hard to see them get in to the right situation with an IndyCar team unless they have money. And now they're kind of taking away their money. Um, another problem also with that is, is it seems like the money is geared towards the ownership, which I get. You got to have an owner to produce a car to be on track. But these drivers are a lot of times bringing the funding themselves for that seat. And now they're not even getting really the, the benefit back at the end of the year. It's So it's kind of a catch-22. And unfortunately – the way it's looking, I don't know if Lundquist is even going to be on the grid next year. So somehow we've got to figure out a way for this 23 champion that season to be on the 2024 grid, arguably longer than to me. I think it's a farce to not have longer for at least the full season. How yeah. can we get them a seat for a full season, three races, especially if it's with a team um, that let's be honest, like a coin or something. Um, well, they don't stay in for a while. So yeah, there, there's a lot of issues. Um, that they, they got going on. And I'm not going to name names that I, I've gotten to know as you have a lot of these Indy lights or Indy NXT drivers now, which I will, ne- I'm never going to, I'm never going to train my brain to say Indy, Indy NXT. I mean, it took five years to go back to Indy lights. So it's going to be probably what's going to be called a lot uh, on, on a lot of these airwaves, but you know, it is about money and you've got drivers that are moving up, you know, into Indy car in 2023 that maybe didn't have the success in IndyCar or excuse me, in Indy lights last year or the or previous years past. I know a lot of people uh, put that on Devlin, but you're right. You have to have a champion and you have to have them, you know, hopefully in a full-time ride and a full-time ride, or they can at least have a chance to compete for podiums and to win races. Um, But I, but I think, and, and, and Eric, I want your opinion on this. What does it say for Indy NXT when a lot of these IndyCar drivers would rather take these drivers that come over that, you know, kind of instead of going up the Indy lights ladder 
and the road to Indy, they came up the formula, you know, the F3 and the, and the overseas ladder. I mean, you look at Isla, you look like you look at uh, Lungard. A lot of these drivers have came over. What can IndyCar do to ensure, and, and maybe it's more cars on the grid. You've already got nine at the HMD. Maybe it's obviously more money, um, but the best talent should be coming up through Indy NXT to get to IndyCar. Yeah, because I see a lot of the, the arguments, too, about F1 and their, their feeder series. They're trying to take care of each other with, with the whole Col- Colton Herta thing. And we kind of got to look at it the same way here, too, because that's what's kind of they're, – they're bypassing some of these guys that have learned these tracks, learned these cars, learned the tire compounds, got through the road to Indy, but there's nowhere for them to go up because you got guys maybe in F2 or F3 even some are now instead of going to F1 path, they're just coming here to IndyCar and they're bypassing these drivers coming through Indy lights. So it's getting to that point. And, and like we've talked about even off the air over the years, um, or over the, really recently, I think you and I talked about it. Indy is until we get a, another manufacturer, these teams are kind of capped out. And a lot of these drivers and seats already are younger drivers mm-hmm. other than, you know, you got your Scott Dixon's and s- still around, but you got to look, there's not a lot of room for these guys to move up to already. And if you got F2 drivers coming in and taking seats, which, Hey, I'm glad it's open. It shows that there's the best drivers in the world want to be here, but you're still shutting down an opportunity of Indy lights people coming through too. So I could see this really coming to a head here soon in the next few years if the money's not there for these drivers to move up in and you got F2 money that is there, that a lot of these Indy Lights drivers are going to have nowhere to go. And you're going to have a problem on your hand because how does that like, kind of dilute your road to Indy program when what's the point? It's not really a road to Indy at that point. Yeah. It's kind of just a road to nowhere. And it, it's a good problem to have because there's a lot of interest, but it's also, to me, I feel like it could be run a little bit better. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, with the announcement today of the new Indy NXT presented by Firestone, and again, I, like we talked about uh, just now, I get the rebrand. I get Firestone wants to put their branding on it, and, and you want the red and black similar to the Firestone logo, also similar to what you have in the IndyCar logo. I totally get all that. I think Indy Lights is a great name. It's it's I, I've always thought that that was a, a super cool name, but with that came the schedule. Really no big changes. You get two races at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. You'll get two at the new street layout in downtown Detroit. Uh, two ovals, Iowa, and Worldwide Technology Raceway and Gateway. Are you on that bandwagon of wanting that Freedom 100 to come back, or do you understand why maybe that won't be on the schedule in the near future? I understand, but I think they need to – if they're not going to do it here, and it's still a risk, but you got to have it in Texas then, right? you got to have it somewhere. Um, Because Roger Pinsky said – I just read it, I think it was the other day, about he still wants – he doesn't want anybody just showing up and running the Indy 500. Yeah. So they – on the high-speed oval because you can't take Gateway or Iowa or anything like that and compare it to a high-speed oval like Indy. It's just not going to happen. So how do they get there? And that's where I feel like the Freedom 100 was a great race. I get the danger. I get you Mm -hmm. don't want to have somebody get hurt, um, tragically hurt. I mean, it it could happen. We've seen some scary wrecks in that race. We've also seen some thrilling finishes too. So. Honestly, it was probably one of the better races of the, the whole entire year, you could say. I mean, the four-wide finish, the, um, I think it was Herda and um, – not Herda, it was Award and somebody the next year, I remember, 
a photo finish. The Peter Dempsey one. I mean, it yep. it had some good finishes and at least gave those drivers some super speedway time because I remember talking to I believe it was Devlin and uh, Kirkwood and during the one of the Indy practice days we had that little bulletin before and asked them if they wish going to Indy. Obviously, with the Texas before Indy, but do they wish Indy Lights kind of gave them some experience before just kind of being thrown to the wolves? And they obviously did, and they didn't want to set it too far out of the line on the record. But, yeah, you just got to think you've got to have something, right? I mean, yeah, because rookie orientation doesn't – yeah, it, it, it could get you up to speed, but you're still kind of behind the eight ball because these other guys know what the car feels like in a pack, and they know what these speeds feel like, and – I just feel like if you're not going to do the Freedom 100 at Indy, Texas seems rather difficult, but that's the only other one you go to. That's a super speedway. So I'd like to have seen absolutely these drivers have a super speedway race before just showing up to the Indy 500 in the Indy car. Yeah, I think there needs to be a discussion as far as, you know, talk to some of these, you know, Indy NXT owners and drivers and say, hey, you know, maybe we don't have the Freedom 100 because – it's Indy 500 weekend and, and we want that to be the, you know, the only oval race and we don't do it because we feel like we give you enough test time, but, but there needs to be a discussion on, okay, is that enough test time for a rookie to come and be prepared for the Indianapolis 500? Yes. You get what? Five days of practice. You get two test days in April. You get your rookie orientation. Is that enough? And that, that, that that's a question I think would be good for, for maybe a second year driver like a Kyle Kirkwood or a Devlin D Francesco or Christian Lungard coming up in 2023 i know you had this on your website we were discussing it um, all over twitter uh the entry list for next year's indianapolis 500 everybody loves the entry list right everybody wants to know if there's going to be bumping uh first and first of all sorry congratulations to indy nxt for being on instagram now finally only probably yeah. 10 years 10 years too late but um let's go to that entry list it looks like hunkos hollinger is going to have a second car who knows what's going to happen with Jimmy Johnson? Uh, is Sato the, the next domino to fall? Uh, where are we as far as getting to 33 and then getting beyond to start bumping uh, on qualifying weekend come May? Uh, we're, we're getting there. Uh, I mean, I think we're – if you look at the things that are already quote-unquote announced but not announced, we know we're going to be there. I mean, you're, you're pretty much 33 entries already. you got five with Andretti. We know, we know they're five. Marco's going to be the fifth. We know Ganassi's going to have at least four. And potential for a fifth, depending on Jimmy Johnson. Ray Hall, by all accounts, I've been hearing the same thing, just have not had anything like concrete from the exact team saying we're definitely running four. They want to run four. Um, so that's an upgrade. That's an uptick. Coin is expecting to run three. I think that, to me, says a lot that Takuma Sato is probably not going to be full-time if they're going to mm -hmm. run three. Um, I think because Sato naturally is a Japanese driver, has the Japanese connection with Honda. So I could see Honda saying, hey, we'll give you that third, we'll give you a third engine for Sato. So if you run by all that, the max these, these engine companies really want to do is 18, right? I mean, yep. we got a new engine manufacturer, not manufacturer, package coming out next year. They're not wanting to go above and beyond that. Why would they spend a lot of money? Because they lose money. The more engines they make, the more money they lose. They already have 18 out there. They've had those for years. So they're each Honda's going to stick to 18. Chevy's going to stick to 18. So it's the max you're probably going to get 36. So if you work within that bubble and we say five at Andretti, four at Ganassi, four at Ray Hall, two at Shank, three at Coin, you're pretty much already there at the Honda side. You yeah. might have one floating around. Chevy's almost there too. And you think if you've got McLaren's got four, 
Penske's going to have their three. Ed's going to have his three. Foyt right now has got two. Hunkos has two. We know Dreyer's going to show up with two. The really only one talking is – I know R.C. Anderson's people have reached out to me, and, and they have possession of the chassis. and Everything that Top Gun had, they, they've got it. The Andersons have it. They just – they need somebody to partner with. So, that's pretty much it on that side. That, that gets you to 35, 36 already. It's just kind of connecting the dots. Um, does Jimmy Johnson come? I, 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 I saw that bombshell tweet last night, and I've, I've been told that it's, probably, it's coming – that Jimmy Johnson's going to be a part owner on the NASCAR side. What does that do to Indy? I know he wants to run North Wilkesboro, and that would be during qualifying weekend. So I don't think he can do both um, this year. And I just wonder if, if Jimmy Johnson's days, IndyCar days are behind him, if that ends up happening. Um, or he could come Ganassi. And I've also heard Trackhouse is interested in coming over to the IndyCar side and trying to rebuild uh, or build a program. And I know they're a Chevy team on NASCAR. They've got, obviously, ties to Ganassi, but they're, unfortunately, a Honda team on the IndyCar side. I don't know how that would work out, but that's an easy alliance right there, which Jimmy Johnson can jump into. But um, we're already – I think we're going to have almost a full 36-car field. I mean that by full entry list, probably by – we get to the season over next year. I could see that already, if not before. I mean, all the stars are lining up, which makes it even worse for some of these Indy Lights guys because yeah. – a lot of these entries are, uh, are pretty much shored up already, which is a good problem to have. But the question then remains, we're looking at this year. I'm already now possibly looking ahead to the year after because it's a lot of expense for this new engine. How many entries are we going to lose? Unless you get another manufacturer coming in, I don't think you're going to get more than 36. I just question how many you're going to lose in the process. But yes, for next year, I think we're there. I, I don't feel good now if, 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 probably about a month ago i felt good that you might see jimmy johnson kyle bush and kyle larson yeah. all on the field now i think it's looking grim i don't know if we'll see any of them because larson and kyle obviously have to run a chevy um i just don't know what chevy engines are going to be out there they could run i mean i don't with hunkos yes they got a they got a second car it's going to happen we just don't know the driver but to me it'd be hard to lean the driver and tell that said driver hey you can run for us but you can't run the indy 500 yeah that to me would be tough to sell. Foyt, you really think Kyle Busch or Kyle Larson's going to run a third Foyt car? I mean, you know they want to have a shot to win. Yep. I don't know if I'm Foyt. They've got a they got a young guy in Benjamin with them, Peterson. He could be pretty good. Santino, we already know what, what he can do. I I feel their best outlook would just be focused on two cars. And Ed, we know he wants to win the Indy 500 for himself too. I mean, he I'd love to see him win before his career's over. He's got Connor. He's got Renus. Does it really serve him right to bring a fourth car out? for one of those guys to just to kind of be a thrown together ride. Ed's not that type of guy to, for that to happen. And Penske, we know, has already said that he's locked in at three and he's not really interested in running a fourth car. McLaren's not running five, so that kind of shuts a, a Larson and Kyle Busch out. And, and Johnson's really after that fifth Ganassi engine if they run it, but if Coyne expands and Ray Hall expands, does that engine even up for grabs for Ganassi anymore, which kind of shuts all three of those NASCAR guys out. Yeah, and I think we may see Ryan Hunter Ray in that in that Ray Hall card. I maybe, I'm obviously, probably just for the Indianapolis 500. I will say this on the NASCAR side of things, as far as Larson or Kyle Busch or even Jimmy Johnson goes, I think the most realistic thing would be Kyle Busch coming f- and running a fourth car at Carpenter Racing. It would probably be a, a a well-funded car. You know, whether he brings over Rowdy, whether Menards does have interest, whether Richard Childress wants part ownership in that or not. 
Um, you know, if, if, if it's an opportunity, I think, for Ed to make some good money and to put Kyle Busch in a car to bring, you know, more awareness to his brand, because there is a connection. I think they used to sh share the same agent. Um, but again, but again, I mean, to me right now, that's like a 25 percent chance, because then you then you got to go to, you know, Perret and say, hey, we like you on the road and street courses, but we want to bring your guys for the 500 for Kyle Busch. You know, what does that do to that relationship when Simona probably wants to come back and run the 500? Maybe she just wants to run uh, road and street courses, and we don't know that. But you would have to think if she's coming back over, she's going to eventually have her sets, her sights set on the Indianapolis 500. So, um, you know, we're, what, about a month, month and a half removed from the from the end of the season, almost two months now, I guess. And the silly season things keep coming up. Um, let's move over to NASCAR this weekend. And, again, we appreciate the time of Eric Smith, Eric underscore race review you can find all of his work at racereviewonline.net cup this weekend uh, i need your three champions and over under one and a half punches thrown from the end of the race friday night in the truck series to the end of the race sunday evening in the cup series Ooh, three champions i'm gonna go uh, uh truck series chandler smith yep. i i just think he's he's really good at phoenix he he's been he's in a, a kyle bush truck um, they know how to get a job done there. And you, you just look at what he's done on the season, and he's been pretty good. But he won at Richmond. Uh, gosh, that's probably a couple week, couple months ago now. But Richmond's probably the most comparable track to Phoenix, and he just won there. His three Phoenix finishes are third, third, and first. He's getting ready to go to college in the Xfinity Series. It just kind of feels like his year in the truck series. Um, Xfinity Series, it's just hard to go against Noah Gregson, even though it's – Trends don't say he's going to win because the number one seed has made the final round in six of the seven years in the Xfinity series. But in the previous six instances, they have one championship, the, yeah. the top seed that is, and that's Noah this year. But I mean, he won Phoenix back in the spring. He's got 13 top 10 finishes his last 14 races of the season, including the top three and seven of the last nine runner up in this race in 2020. It just seems too obvious to go against them. So I'll go Noah. And then the Cup Series, it's a tough one, but I, I just feel like Christopher Bell, mm -hmm. with two walk-off wins, he's pretty good at Phoenix. Um, I just feel like they're just – they seem to be the team of destiny this year. Um, so, I'll go with C. Bell, but I don't feel as, as confident as him as I do the other two. But I'll say C. Bell, and I'll, I'll go the under on the punches. I think we'll see one. Yeah, I think in the Xfinity series is always good for one, and the reason being is I could see Ty Gibbs having having somebody take him out and him being the one that swing the punch because yeah. I feel like he's a he's a short fuse, um, and really to me I'm curious your thoughts on this the Brandon Jones thing when he took him out in the Xfinity race last Saturday. Don't you think Brandon Jones kind of has to do something on Saturday? Doesn't he kind of look like that guy that? Because he's moving to junior motorsports next year. He's moving that nine car. We've seen what the nine car can do. Yeah. But isn't he sh hasn't he shown the other his peers within that series? Because we know he's going to be back there next year. That you can move me out of the way to win a race, and I'm not I'm not going to throw a punch. I'm not going to start a conversation. I'm just going to use my words. Doesn't that kind of scream? I need to do something about my image on Saturday. Doesn't that kind of like he, I feel like he's got to do something, not just for the standpoint of you need a payback, but you kind of got to do it for yourself because you're kind of showing to everybody else that if you're in this situation again next year, what's going to stop another driver from doing just what Ty Gibbs just did to him. Um, so I feel like for that standpoint, plus he's going to do your motorsports next year. 
what would stop him from helping the three junior motorsports guys that are in the championship four from making sure Ty Gibbs doesn't win? So I feel like this is a big test for Ty Gibbs and his maturity and how much did he learn and what can he do um, to show the world that he's more mature because the Ryan's on the wall. He's taking Kyle Busch's seat next year. So is he ready? Can he show the world he's ready? Because right now that question is being asked. And I think a lot of people feel that he's not ready for that seat. Yeah, I, I think you 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 have to do something. And, and there's no better stage and no bigger stage to do it on to send the message that, hey. But then again, you know, on the flip side of that, it's like, all right, well, then all of a sudden what goes around comes around. And even though it's coming, you know, it, it's came to you and now you're taking it back. You know, you just you never know. But I, I would love to see it. I'm, I'm sure NBC, you know, NBC loves and NASCAR loves to feed off that WWE type drama. So, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take Josh Berry in the Xfinity series. I know Justin Allgaier is just that all reliable, right? Like wouldn't be surprised if he finished fourth and everybody else wrecked and he ended up winning it. But but sometimes on a short track, um, things get a little bit chaotic late in the race. And it's all about being kind of where you need to be. Uh, so I'm going to go. There. I like your I like your pick on Christopher Bell. As well, um, I think he's a guy that's really good on short tracks. Chase Elliott's probably the favorite, or Logano, you know, kind of the been there, done that type situation. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you um, because it is the 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 move heard all around the world. Uh, your thoughts on what we saw Sunday on the final lap where Ross Chastain went all NASCAR 08 and just floored it off the wall and pretty much pinballs it to the to the checkered flag, beating Denny Hamlin by about. I don't know, a split second to advance to the championship this weekend. Oh, it was awesome. It, it, he, uh, the move that he made, um, I think it opens Pandora's box. I think with, with the move that he made going on the outside is who's going to try it next? And I, I feel like when it first happened, I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was yeah. like, I feel like my brain was like, is he on fast? Did I somehow hit the fast forward button? Like, what's going on right now? And then after seeing it, I was like, okay. That, that was really cool. That, that's – he had to do what he had to do. But now as the week's gone on and hearing the drivers talk and getting some quotes and hearing NASCAR's side, and I, I do kind of hope that that's kind of a one and done. Yeah. Because that's what made it so special, right? We've never seen it before. But I don't want to see drivers purposely wreck themselves, um, making moves for a win. And then how far does the line go? What, is, what the leader now is like, you know what? He showed it was quick on the last lap. Maybe I wrecked myself as a leader to block any move coming behind. And so that thing concerns me a little bit of that, the safety aspect, what would stop somebody from hitting the wall, lifting, getting to a fence, um, hurting fans. So that, that concerns me a little bit. I thought it was cool. I don't want to see it every week. I, I don't want to see it every year. I mean, I think that's what made it so special. So I like it, but um, I was saying this to another show the other day that I was on that. Do you realize that if Brad Kozlowski – this is where – that if I'm NASCAR, though, I'm thinking uh, Ross Chastain buying him a steak dinner this weekend, even if he doesn't win the championship, because NASCAR almost had a blunder. Brad Keselowski got DQ'd. Well, Brad yeah. Keselowski, if you take his state – because at a DQ, you take the stage points away. Those, you just get tail in the finish. It's like he kind of showed up to the race, but he didn't race. The DQ just – it's just that. It's a disqualifying. So Brad Keselowski finished ahead of Chastain in both stages. So if you take him out, you give Ross Chastain two more points back. Well, when Ross Chastain was in turn two, before he even made that move, he was two points down. So if Ross Chastain doesn't make that move and we get to the finish, 
Denny Hamlin at that point, we all think is in. Denny Hamlin's in. He's in by two points. He made the, he made the championship four. Three hours later, we find out Brad Keselowski's car failed post, post-race inspection. That scenario happens that three hours after the race, Denny Hamlin gets taken out of the championship four. Rosh has same put back in because he wins the tiebreaker. So NASCAR got really lucky that Chastain made that move, or that was going to be a huge blunder going into this week with you have the Ty Gibbs scenario, and then you have a driver three hours after the race concludes getting taken out of the championship four and another one being put back in. I think that would have been an absolute massive problem to have going into your final race of the season. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you on that and, and something that you know you really don't realize at the time and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple hours later, you're going, well, wait a minute, what if? And, and, and this could have been totally different. Um, should be an exciting weekend for NASCAR. I know we'll have some more news. Uh, Eric, looking forward to some big things together in 2023. Thanks so much for your time. Be sure to follow Eric on Twitter and check out all of his work as he gets you ready for uh, the NASCAR finale this weekend. Also, the Indie Boys have a podcast dropping later on tonight. Check out their work. Tristan has a preview of who he will he thinks is going to win this weekend. Uh, should be a fun weekend. Thanks so much for listening to the Burnout Sports Racing Podcast, burnoutsports.com. Have a great weekend. <laughs>